Shall we begin? Let's begin now. Hi, and welcome to Blockchain Beat. My name is Ana Paula Picasso, and this episode is going to be lots of different things. We're going to start talking about the problems of owning your own financial data. I'm here with Alan McDonald. He's the founder of Unbanks. Hi, Alan. Hey, Anna. Thanks for having me. The reason I invite you to the podcast is because you tweeted a meme. All good episodes start with a meme. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you tweeted a meme about something I didn't know called the, the DeFi mullet. How would you define a DeFi mullet just for people to understand the meme? If you haven't seen it before, it's the idea of, I suppose, a normal mullet is what business in the front and fun in the back or party in the back. Uh, DeFi mullet is, I suppose, fintech in the front and uh, DeFi in the back. So uh, financial services that look like fintech. Uh, but in the background, it's actually DeFi stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. I'll link your tweet in the description so people can go and see the actual picture of a DeFi mallet. But we can talk about more about this later on. Let's just start talking about the work you do. You can talk about Unbanks. A good way to start this episode is talk about data owning your own data, especially your financial data, going to the hands of the financial institutions? I suppose the way that it's happened uh, in the past is that um, obviously, like if you make a transaction, if you buy anything or if you, uh, even any money coming into your account, like your wages, um, everything is is data. So every transaction is um, essentially a, an object of data. And um in the past, I was all locked up in the bigger uh, financial services firms, so banks and card companies, um, and all of those type of places. With open banking, um, the idea, I suppose, in general, was that if you could port the data from your bank to whatever other service, um, you kind of reduce the monopoly of the bank. So it was very hard for any company to get into financial services um, previously because the banks and car companies had such a monopoly on everything. Um, you know, and they guarded the, the data and all the information about um, people's, I suppose, financial services, what they use, how they use financial services was so guarded that um, it was really, really difficult for any type of uh, small business to breakthrough into that uh, that area. So with open banking, um, the idea is to, to break that, to, to allow for the smaller companies and startups like ourselves to, um, you know, do kind of new and interesting things for uh, consumers um, by having access to their data and providing more services for consumers. Um, and there's been, you know, a vast amount of kind of, uh, new applications to pop up that you link your bank account to, and then you can get various different um, products for that. Yeah, that's right. Here in Sweden, I think that there is a big one. I'm not sure if they're in other countries, but probably have something similar there. There was one app called Tink. So you could 
um, connect all your bank accounts, even your credit cards. So they would give you a breakdown on how much you're spending on clothes, on restaurants, on entertainment, uh, utility bills, things like that. So that's thanks to open banking. Exactly. And that's probably the uh, one of the more common use cases for it is that kind of financial health health, health um, and like account aggregation uh, view. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of them around. There's like Plum and Emma and Money Dashboard and Think, as you say, um, where you can see all of your accounts in one screen. So you can kind of judge your total financial health um, as opposed to having to go into your like your main bank account try and figure out what you have there and then maybe go across to your Revolut or your Monzo or whatever else you use. Um, you know, it's a kind of a nice way to see everything in one place. And that makes sense uh, of what you'd use open banking for. It's a good use case because it's understandable, but there's so many other uh, use cases. Can you give us a, another example? So um, I suppose another one would be credit worthiness you know, adjudicating the credit worthiness of a person based on all of their accounts. Like your, kind of a, your credit score. Exactly, yeah. To, to get a, a fuller view of a, a consumer's, uh, I suppose, uh, again, financial health, that you can link multiple bank accounts and you can have um, uh, a credit worthiness score. Um, the same type of thing with insurance, Um some insurers, you link your bank accounts and they you know, might be able to give you a better rate because they can see more of um, how healthy your finances are. So what's the catch there? Because here in Sweden or in the EU is a very highly regulated market. Uh, we have this thing called PSD2. But what happens when you, in a country or in a region, like I mentioned from Brazil originally, we do have open banking, but probably more recent than here in Europe or even in the US. I know you told me in our prep call that it's very different uh, from region to region within the US. So what happens about letting your data, your financial data in the hands of the financial institutions? Open banking, uh, I suppose, in general is uh, a bit different throughout the world. So the term open banking um, is used kind of uh, more generally, but in, in the EU, PSE2, uh, the second payment service directive is the legislation that brought it in, um, in the EU. And then Britain were, were part of the EU when it came in and they much largely adopted all of the PSE2 stuff, uh, bar one or two things. Um, so that covers all of Europe or uh, all of the EU and, and then the UK. Um, it does get a bit different, uh, different places in the world you go. So the US, for example, doesn't have a kind of a uh, countrywide legislation or laws, but you do get companies like uh, Plaid who've essentially stitched it all together and can give open banking service or, or similar uh, in the US. And then... Um, you can kind of you just tell how valuable of an area it is um, by the, I mean, the valuation of that company, Plaid, are huge. Um, and then it'll vary going country by country. So it's a, a bit different in Brazil again. Um, but that's part of, uh, I suppose, the challenge. Uh, the challenge for us 
is to keep on top of all of the regulation in each different jurisdiction and make sure we can offer the same product to uh, all our members, regardless of where in the world they are. And even if they have, so say if you have a bank account in Sweden uh, and you have a bank account in Brazil, that you'd be able to link bank both of those accounts to the app and still earn money from your data from, from both countries. Uh, on the back, what you said about uh, linking two bank accounts in different countries. So that brings me to my next question about Unbanks, your company. So what was the first, how, what was the light bulb, light bulb moment when you thought about that, thought about data and say, yes, this needs to be resolved. I might have a solution here. Yeah, so, so the, I suppose the genesis of it all, um, myself and my co-founder, Jer, who is my cousin, um, so we've always been, uh, I suppose, tinkering around with ideas and kind of trying to build uh, various uh, products to um, earn some money ourselves. So we did a lot of stuff that failed and a lot of stuff like... Uh, Do you want to mention anything? Anything that failed? We did some drop shipping stuff on Amazon. Do you know the way you can kind of drop ship products and put uh, listings I've been on? to the drop shipping rabbit hole as well. It didn't work for me either. We created a a um, a bedding company called Dub Linen, which we thought was pretty funny. Um, but the best thing about that, I think, was the name. We sold like bed sheets and pillowcases and stuff. Um, that didn't last very long. But I mean, we were we've been kind of working around with them. Um, ideas to make kind of passive income for ourselves it was the idea that we set something up like a drop shipping um brand or something like that and we could just let it run and we kind of earn a bit of passive income for ourselves and after the many failures <laughs> um we started looking into um data selling and how you could make um income from the personal data you create because we knew i mean we're both technical and we both work in tech at the time and we knew that it was very valuable and we knew there was a data market uh, in generally, which has worked quite a lot of money. So we started looking into um, what data we could sell and how we could kind of collate it and, and package it and sell it. Um, and I was working in JP Morgan at the time and I was working with um, open banking APIs a good bit um, and PSD2 and all that legislation. So I understand, understood that pretty well. Um, and then... So we kind of had that in the back of our heads, this whole, we knew the banking data was valuable, but um, it was kind of the market. How do like who, how do you get that to a marketplace? You know, how do you kind of do all of this? Um, and then we stumbled upon um, two companies, one called Swash and one called Streamer. And that's where we learned about the concept of data unions, of this kind of uh, unionizing um, much like a trade or a workers' union, power and numbers, where you bring together many, many people um, into a union. Everybody collects your data. It's anonymized and data sets are created. Um, and then when it's sold, the money flows back through to the members. So um, once we kind of read about that and understood that and how that works, um, that was kind of the light bulb moment. And we kind of put it all together and um, we had just started and put it out there to the world and we got some great feedback. And then we just kept on going. 
And then the question is why put all the data or why use smart contracts? Why use blockchain? Would you be able to do it without blockchain or not as good as using smart contracts? You would be able to do it. You would certainly be able to, I suppose, crowdsource, um, for want of a better term, uh, banking data into large data sets. Um, you surely you be able to do that. I mean, all the open banking APIs or um, Web2, I suppose, as you would call it. Um, and you could just throw them all into Amazon or AWS or something if you wanted. But um, the data union framework is, so the data union framework is essentially a smart contract where you can add people by their um, addresses or crypto addresses to it and pay them through the data union. So that framework was really handy for us for a number of reasons. Um, the main reason we kind of stick with Web3 and why we love it so much is the transparency. So obviously all of the transactions, um, when I'm talking about transactions, I mean us paying members or people buying our data um, is public record, obviously. So they're all um, on the blockchain and anybody can look them up. And we really wanted to maintain this ethos of transparency throughout the whole project. Um, like our end goal is actually to have everything open source that you can go to go to our GitHub and look at all the code. Um, so having all of those transactions on the blockchain and publicly accessible um, is what we wanted to get to and what we want to have. So when somebody buys data from us, it'll be bought uh, via the smart contract and that will be tracked. So then we, and that allows for people to <clears throat> vote and opt in and opt out of their data being part of a data set sold to a certain industry. So say you didn't want your data sold to fossil fuel companies. Um, you can specify that in your profile and then opt out of it when it's sold. This can all be done via the smart contract. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about uh, monetizing the data, how can myself or the users monetize the data because I really like to, how can I make money basically with my, my data? So I suppose the, the whole purpose of what we do is to make it easy for you to make money. So um, I suppose a clear distinction, we're not a, we're not a data reseller. So it's not like we buy your data and give you X amount and then we go and sell it to somebody else and get Y and take the difference. Um, we are basically a platform that facilitates you selling your data. So when you sign up and you link your bank account with us, um, we'll pull down your data, your transaction history from your bank um, four to, about four times a day. We'll anonymize everything so there'll be no personal information. Um, it'll just be um, data fields like um, the amount of the transaction, the currency, uh, the time happened at um, maybe the sector uh, category of what you bought like was it food was it fashion was it uh, you know transport um, and then we then send all of that to our data union and when um, somebody buys from the data union buys data sets or access to that data from the data union then the money flows back through to the members so that's how it's kind of monetized we make it easier for you to link your bank account and then we take care of the selling the data. That sounds really, really interesting. So you guys are a platform, you are a platform that facilitates the selling 
No, you're right. There, there's um, so we're not a data reseller, and we're certainly not a data broker. Um, that's essentially what we're trying to get away from. Um, we're a platform that facilitates you selling your data. So if you think of something like um, eBay, if you want to sell uh, your old chair that you had in your house, you might put it up on eBay. And eBay is a platform that facilitates you selling something. Um, so Unbanks wants to be the eBay, very loosely metaphor here. Unbanks wants to be the eBay of data, of financial data. Yeah, exactly. Something like that, yeah. And uh, yeah, so talking about the part of, we were talking about the beginning about the DeFi mullet. Um, can you explain a little bit how that would play into Unbanks into the platform? Yeah, of course. So um, the I suppose the first layer of the company is getting that data union um, working. So people contributing data, Uh, the data being anonymized, the data being sold, and the money flowing back through to the members. So that's kind of um, our starting point, getting that up and running. When that is in place, um, layer two of what we're going to do is um, allow the data, the value of your data flowing through the platform to unlock um, lines of credit for you. So iteration one, you get paid for your data, you actually get money for it. Iteration two, you get paid for it, but also you can unlock um, credit. And this is all based on, uh, based on DeFi. So one of the things we can do um, because of the kind of area we're operating in between open banking and blockchain is if a member wants to, and we'll need to get the permission for it, we can create a credit score NFT and drop it into, uh, drop it into a wallet. <clears throat> so we can essentially um, analyze spend on an account and we can judge a credit score, a real world credit score and bring that on chain. Um, and what that will enable is us to adju adjudicate risk of a, of a person and then offer some credit um, based on that. Um, and also the value of the data that is flowing through So your data that is flowing through the system will act as collateral against that loan. So we're looking to reduce the collateral you need to put up for DeFi loans um, and become a lender ourselves. So we'll start off with small lines of credit. So like it might be 50 pounds, 100 pounds. Um, and we will look to gamify it, similar to say Klarna, who I'm sure you're familiar with in Sweden, uh, do it their BNPL stuff. So, you know, you... Uh, get a 50 pound loan and then once you pay that back you get access to 75 pounds or 100 pounds you know you keep on so someone can build their own credit score with uh, small amounts to bigger amounts later on so that's the the idea of that in the background the lending part of it will be DeFi so we'll operate um, on uh, DeFi loans <clears throat> but the front end what the person will interact with will just look like a fintech app. So um, it'll be an app where they'll see the rewards they're earning. They can access credit. They can claim back um, various rewards for what they've accumulated. So vouchers or they can just get cash into their account. But they won't necessarily know they're using DeFi. And that's the whole idea, to make it so easy and simple to use that 
the user that doesn't necessarily know or need to know that you're using DeFi <clears throat> and they shouldn't care. Like, um, you know, and that's the whole kind of DeFi mullet thing. DeFi in the background, but they don't know. That's where the mullet comes in. So the front exactly. is uh, FinTech and at the back, the party happening at the back is the DeFi. If something, if a FinTech is offering me something that I looking for, let's say a credit line or building up my credit score. I don't need to know where this is coming from. Exactly. And like, if you, if you think about it, if you, if you went into your uh, normal bank today and asked them for a loan of a thousand euros, you wouldn't start questioning them on the, <clears throat> the functionality behind that loan. Like what's making that happen? You know, exactly everything in the background, you know, you just, uh, um, understand that you get some money and you need to pay it back and there's no reason why you need to overcomplicate things um, in terms of DeFi. It works in the background and we're there to abstract that and make that simple for people. And um, now it's time to talk about your plans, the future of Umbanks. Uh, I know you just, you guys just had a big seed round of funding and so what's next? What's coming for you? Yeah, so we just um, announced that we raised a million dollars for our seed round, which was fantastic. Yeah, um, congratulations. <laughs> thank you very much. And then I suppose the fundraising never really stops uh, when you're pre-token. So we're launching a token, um, our own bank's token. Um, it'll be October this year. It's planned for. So um, we've got another private sale happening between essentially between now and October before the, the token generation event. So we're gearing up for that. Um, we're doing a bit of a, a rebrand on our visuals. So we're kind of getting all that in place to get all of our documentation together to, to go out and fundraise again. Um, the apps, so we're going to be launching um, iOS and Android apps. They are planned to be launched in the UK and Ireland mid-August. And then the plan is that we have a marketing push towards university students and gig workers in the UK um, at the start of the university year, which is around mid-September, depending on which university you're in. Um, and that will all then lead to the token generation event, which was in October. Yeah, I was just going to say all going well, we will have raised all our money and have uh 10,000 users with linked bank accounts by the end of the year. That's kind of the year goal. Well, well done. I hope you guys do that. And I'm, I'm sure there will be lots of demand for it. And uh, in, if anyone wants to reach out to you, Alan, what's the best way? I know you're on Twitter. I can link that on Twitter. So the best way, really, so the Young Bank's website is a landing page at the moment where you can sign up to the waitlist and the newsletter which is just unbanks.me, U-N-B-A-N-X dot M-E. Um, the best place, I suppose, to kind of interact with us is the Telegram group. So it's just unbanks on Telegram, U-N-B-A-N-X. Um, I'll link that in the show notes. That would be great, yeah. There's, um, we're always in there answering questions from the community. Um, and as you're saying, I'm on Twitter. Unbanks is on Twitter. Um, and if anybody ever wants to email me directly, they can. Alan, A-L-A-N, at unbanks.me. Great, great. So if anyone wants to know about 
more about Unbanks, just join the Telegram group or email Alan directly. And thank you very much, Alan. I think it was very educational for me. I learned a lot about open banking and uh, owning your data and more importantly, how to make money from my data, my financial exactly. data. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for having me, Anna.